You're listening to Shannon Taylor Talk, your global, mobile, social network radiocast. What's your status? Now, I have also, um, we finished just at the time the movie was being finished last year, uh, our work that I'm about to report at the Anti-Aging Congress in December. I have now demonstrated that by putting your body essentially, whether it's sitting or lying, into an electromagnetic field that has human DNA frequency in it at a billionth of a watt per centimeter square for 30 to 60 minutes a day, we now have demonstrated that you can rejuvenate the telomeres, the tail end of your DNA by 3.5% a year instead of losing 1% a year. You see, we are apparently more or less genetically currently uh, scheduled to run out of ability to reproduce ourselves on average at 100 years of age. We lose 1% per year. That's just the across the board statistics with what happens with our uh, DNA telomeres. Well, if we can rejuvenate them 3.5% in a year, it means that if you start by age 50, within seven years, your telomeres are as healthy as a 25-year-old. Oh, my. If you start at age 75, it may take 14 years, but why not? Why not? So that, to me, is one of the most exciting things. But you know what I've found? What? Most people don't want to live to be 100. I know. That's what I was going to say. they don't even want to live to be 100, let alone 120 or 140. No, but the the, the talk is that uh, going into, the, we've got to have the insurance, we've got to have the medication, and we've got to, the obsession is with the insurance medication and the and the life's old, you know, the old age homes. It's like, who's going to take care of me when I'm disabled? And my thing to even my mother, I said, why do you want to be disabled? <laughs> I mean, why, exactly. do you, why do you even have that thought? It's because everybody's well, you know, life here I am. is so unfulfilled. I will be... I'll be 76 years old in December. Bless you. I, still, I feel 26. <laughs> you sound 26. I had, <laughs> I had a treadmill test uh, last month. Mm-hmm. And the lady, you know, the technician running it said, I did better than a lot of 25-year-olds. Wow. I'm sure. And I don't have any symptoms. I just did it for fun. Mm-hmm. And the reason is I've taken care of my body. But also you have the positive mental attitude. I mean... Well, that's that, taking care of your body, too. Right. Yeah, and taking care of your body, but... but In a fulfilling life, right? Yeah, I mean, you enjoy your life. Well, you know, that is true. You have can, created can, a life of health, of living your vitality. And your passion. And you true. don't have a concept of, I'm going to, one day I'm going to retire and just quit. And, you know, I'm waiting for retirement. Oh. Because I think that you're really passionate about everything you do, so you live in a passionate way. Well, that's right. I honestly, I think that if you're not living in a passionate way, you're not living. Right. But we don't I even know what that looks in, like. Exactly. I mean, our, I our, in our industrialized society says, oh, you got to go to this job, what you hate, you have to go in this place, you, you know, you, you, everything is about, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. So they wait for retirement and just get ill because it's the only breather they get. They don't get to take a vacation. 
Well, you know, it's really interesting. Back in 1966, we had just moved into a new house, had three young kids, and our toilets backed up. (laughs) I called a plumber. We were in a strange town. You know, we'd moved halfway across the country. And I called a plumber, and he came out, and he said, Doc, where's the clean-out trap? I didn't even know what a clean-out trap was. (laughs) I never heard the word. Well, it turned out they had blacktopped over the clean-out trap. And here's this guy. He must have weighed 280 pounds. And he's out there dripping wet with sweat with a pickaxe, taking out blacktop to find it. And he found easily, he knew where it should be, and he found the clean-out trap. And I looked out and I said, this man is contributing as much to society as I, a neurosurgeon, will ever do. because." Without people doing these kinds of things, you know, I can't function as a neurosurgeon. Right. And I, I actually, one of the great saints that I've known was a plumber <laughs> named Lee Sage in La Crosse, Wisconsin. And Lee would come out on Christmas Day if necessary, but he always was happy and smiling about what he was doing. And I would have thrown up. And, and to me, you see, he was happy. Right. And I think all of us have one need that's to help other people. Yes. And if we don't do it, we're not going to be happy. And I do think one has, as, as Hans Selyer said, we need to find a job which is not work but is play. Yes. And I think one could and I mean I could enjoy dozens of jobs I happen to you know chosen one particular approach to life there are lots of things that I I could be happy as a farmer in fact when I took the aptitude test my senior year in high school I was equally apparently talented if you will to become either a physician or a farmer well now I can sort of do both (laughs) and but I could have been happy doing other things I could get really excited over some of the technology, but if I'm not going to be happy, I'm going to make a change. But did in the, my own career? If you're not going to be happy, I, you're going to make a change. You bet. I mean, once upon a time, I was going to be a professor of neurosurgery. Well, I got to be an associate professor of neurosurgery, and I had the opportunity to become the chair of a department. And I looked around the country. Mm-hmm. To be quite honest, I didn't like most of my colleagues in that position. I thought they weren't very nice people. <laughs> and so I called my mentor since I was in medical school, Dr. Talmadge Peel, who's always been sort of my surrogate father. And I said, Talmadge, I'm Lee. I don't want to stay in academic medicine. I don't like it. I like it. He said, Junior, you're ruining your career. Well, gosh, I've had a fun career since then. <laughs> and. I don't feel as if I've ruined it. I've chosen what I felt was important. So I, I do believe that our feelings should be practical and realistic, and they should be optimal for us, and might have been. How can you stop people from uh, from listening more to other people? or redirect their energy from listening more to other people than they do themselves. We don't trust ourselves as much, and we listen to so many other people. What do you think about what I should do? You know, the what We put our oh, power yeah. outside of ourselves. So do you think that self-empowerment is, is a key? 
to oh self that I that I become my own authority. You bet. And there are tools that can help you with that. For instance, back in in the, in the early seventies, when I began working with people who had failed everything that conventional medicine had to offer, I read three hundred and fifty books in one year oh. in the field of self-regulation. How to regulate your body, and of course that includes your emotions. Right. And and there's a basic one. I mean, if you didn't do anything else but this one, it would get you there. And it's called autogenic training. And by 1966, there were six volumes of a book with 2,600 scientific references on the benefits of doing autogenic training. Athletes, including Olympic athletes, are more effective when they use autogenic training. Business people are more effective. Students are more effective. People who learn voluntary self-regulation are more successful. And it is one of the paths to happiness. Uh, happiness is an inside job. Right. And this is one of the ways to make it an inside job. Now, there are many variations of other things one can do. But I have to say, there's nothing any better than autogenic training. Wow. This is Norm, fascinating. You are a fascinating man. I could talk to you forever, of course, and you don't have the time. But uh, <laughs> thank you for um, all of your wisdom and insights and, and your pioneering medicine research. And uh, um, Well, there's just I, so much that you, know, you have. I, wanna, I do want to mention, by the way, my free email newsletter every week. Yes. Anybody who hasn't. Um, signed up should because there you can see well there are over 150 of my former email uh, newsletters in my archives okay you can go to my optimal recommendations and and see what I recommend as an alternative to drugs and surgery for a vast majority of diseases I just got an email this morning mm -hmm. from uh, a lady that I have met only once but she has had serious high blood pressure. I mean, I'm talking about life-threatening high blood pressure, which has never been controlled with drugs. Right. Well, my advice, two weeks ago, she started two things, my magnesium lotion, which is the best way to get magnesium in your cells, and an over-the-counter thing called polyfusia, which is primarily a time-release L-arginine. Her blood pressure is normal for the first time you in are kidding. Decades. You are kidding. No, I'm not. Oh, we have to. And so we know that a majority of illnesses like hypertension, right. even without changing your attitude, really, which would be nice too, <laughs> can be brought under control with safe alternatives. Wow. Well, we have to send everybody. Can they sign up for that at normsheely.com? Yes. Right down there on the, on the opening page, you'll find a place to subscribe to my free to my own newsletter and it does carry uh, you know every week I put out at least one occasionally two bits of information usually on just one topic that I think is important for people to know about right uh, I mean this is very personal for me because um, I have a the family background in the south and the and my relatives and my my life 
um, history has been inundated with illness. People wanting to, oh, well, I'm getting old. I'm just, this is just the way it is. I'm going to be disabled. And then, then they started telling me I was going to get cancer. <laughs> you need to have the, you know, I'll, you know, you got to have the cancer insurance. You got to have this, and this, and this. And I said, hey, hold on. <laughs> you know, don't poison my my thinking with that because I don't believe in that. And I had to well, really, I, really pull away from from those thoughts coming at me. I, I think it's well-meaning when they when when your friends and relatives want to protect your breasts, <laughs> you know. And they and they, I actually had an argument with a doctor who told me that um, that I probably have breast cancer, or you know, I well you you could have it right now and you wouldn't know, you know. And I said, if I, I why should I have to argue with you that I feel I would, great. You know, I might tell him to go to hell, but then. No, but I mean, but she did. But, but I mean, Norm, this is the situation. This is the situation out there, and then you have people saying, "Well, just take a happy pill. You'll feel better if you take a happy pill." What does that mean? That's antidepressant. So I don't want to be well, numb you, in life, and that was the right, thing. Right, you won't feel better. You just won't feel. You, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You, you have robot. An, you become robotic. You have no feelings, and and I heard a woman, um, um, not long ago say. Well, if I didn't take my happy pills, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't be married. And I and I said, you probably shouldn't be married. <laughs> I mean, if it's that bad, a lot of problems, right? if it's that bad, get rid of him. You know, I mean, or, I, or say something. But why should you medicate yourself to get yourself through a life that you don't like anyway? Change your life. You're speaking my language. I love your language. I learned it. I, I'm listening to you all the time. So, you know, I mean, this is this is, but this is a real, real problem, and it's real people who who have this. They're they're well-meaning friends and, and family, telling them, buying into the fear, buying into the lack, buying into the illness, buying into the. It's just the way it's going to be. You know, and, and if I'm going to be disabled, if I'm going to live a, a low vital life, then why am I here? Let me die just already. You know. But if I'm going to live, I want to do something about it. I want to have a great life. I want to be active and, and happy, not live with this looming, glooming, oh, I'm not going to have health care. Oh, I'm not going to have uh, all of these Social Security and all this, you know, this getting old mentality thing. And I said, it, this is just toxic thinking. Well, I do consider elderly to be anything beyond 100. <laughs> well, Amy, producer Amy's uh, grandmother is 90. What is she? She's 91 and she still plays the fiddle. And she's vibrant. She has no illnesses. And uh, that's what I mean. The music in her life has kept her going. And she, she goes and plays for the old people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are younger than her. Well, <laughs> my great grandmother, when I visited her last, was in her kitchen canning. It, it runs in the family. Wow. <laughs> and, um, and she was getting ready for winter at 101. And I said, Grandma, how do you feel? She said, Bud, I feel just as good as I did when I was 16. Wow. I believe that's the way it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll give you a call and back after what, in about 50 years when we're all over 100. <laughs> Change your life except for you. Don't ever. 